Hello and welcome back to Grateful Gwenna. Thank you for joining us again today and I hope and pray that you are safe and God is blessing you as you live in his abundant life. If you're not safe, please call the National Center for Domestic Violence hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Today, I want to talk about a question that was posted in yet another Facebook support group to which I belong, Um, which, by the way, if you don't know, uh, several years ago, or a few years ago, I guess, um, my former neurologist... Uh, and she's former because I moved locations, but my former neurologist had recommended to me when um, I was diagnosed with papilledema um, and IIH or intracranial hypertension and pseudo cerebral something, something, I forget the technical name for it now. Anyway, um, my neurologist had recommended to me that I look for a support group on Facebook and Although you have to be careful of some of these support groups sometimes, um, I took her advice. And sometimes you have to be careful because a lot of people on those support groups are there to get, obviously, to get support. And so there's a lot of negative comments or what people would call a lot of negativity there because people are struggling. Understandably, people are struggling and it's understandable. Um, But that just kind of catapulted me more into Um, seeking support on Facebook, as well as through prayer, first and foremost, obviously, Matthew 6.33 tells us, which tells us to seek first God's kingdom, and then everything else will basically fall into place. Obviously, that's most important. But God gives godly wisdom through the counsel of godly people. So one of the groups I belong to is called Recovering Adult Survivors of Childhood Abuse and Trauma. And about a day ago, um, a lady posted a question in there asking about um, what if most of your family and people you meet are your abusers? And uh, another lady commented on there. And I just wanted to share... Um, some of the things she said through some of my responses. And I responded in a comment to this lady because I loved what she said. Um, she said with her family, she has pretty much walked away from them all. And that's the same as me. Um, I know not long before, um, my son became estranged from me. He accused me of having alienated my whole family, basically. And he's not wrong in a sense, but they're actually the ones who alienated me because, um, and I harbor no ill will or resentment against them anymore. I did for a long time. Um, I'm sure they thought they were doing the right thing because they all see me as the toxic one. And I had convinced myself for many years that, well, I'm the common denominator. And I'll get to that in a minute. But finally, through much therapy, I know that's not the truth anymore. And I've stopped blaming and scapegoating myself because I was used to accepting responsibility and believing whatever anyone else said about me and kind of brainwashed me. Um, but I, 
I did pretty much walk away from all my family members, but that wasn't my choice and it wasn't what I wanted. That was their choice and I gave them all a choice because a few years ago, um, I had realized that I had part of the reason I had accepted and married into abuse was because I was used to being abused growing up. And I'm not talking about just one side of my family. I'm talking about both sides of my family. And if you're not familiar with my story, um, I invite you to listen to the other podcast episodes. Um, There is a, I think it's called Gwenna's Story or Gwenna's Testimony on there that talks about, um, maybe it's called uh, Family History, something to that effect. And it talks about that a little bit quite a bit, actually. It focuses more on that topic for that particular podcast episode. But I grew up, um, my parents divorced when I was five. My mother and father divorced when I was five. And they both were remarried within one year after that. They had been married five years to each other. And then after they divorced when I was five years old, they both remarried um, within one year after they divorced each other. And they both started having babies again. And, um, so I am literally the only child from my mother and my father. And so that caused me to be, and of course I remind both of them of each other and they don't like each other at all. So it's not really a good thing. Um, my mom kind of, she told me when I was younger that she basically tricked my dad into getting pregnant Um, to get out of her home because her parents were very controlling of her. And my dad back then tried to do the right thing by marrying her. And of course, it just didn't work out, unfortunately, for them. And I don't know all the story because obviously I was little. Um, But what it caused in my life was to be um, basically excluded from both sides of the family. And when I say that, I mean both my father's side and my mother's side. And I'm sure that they couldn't have predicted this would happen. And I'm sure that that was never either of my parents' intention. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm sure, I believe that they were both doing what they believed was the best for them and me at the time. Um, Because they did fight a lot when they were still married. But um, that caused this huge kind of, um, it caused me to be the stereotypical redheaded stepchild, so to speak. But I didn't realize that until I was grown many years later. Um, and so that caused a dynamic in my family where my mom, her favorite children were my, of course, my two younger sisters. And my dad, his favorite children were my younger sister and my brother, mostly my younger sister. Uh, My dad and my brother didn't always get along either. Um, They clashed quite a bit, quite a lot, actually. And when I was younger, my brother and I were really super close. But in retrospect, um, in hindsight, I think that was not always a good thing so much because although my brother tried to support me when I was younger, after I moved in with my dad and my stepmom, I think it may have caused a bit of a wedge between him and his mother, my stepmother at the time, for a while. So it wasn't always necessarily a good thing. But um, And of course, I was seven years older than my brother. And because my brother's from my father and my one sister's from my mother, they were only three months apart. So um, 
My parents, of course, naturally preferred their other children over me because those were their children that they had with the with the person they were married to at the time, and I was just a reminder of their past. Let's be honest and blunt. Let's be blunt. And and I've always understood that deep inside me and logically, and it that part does not hurt my feelings at all. Like, I get it. They're human. I'm human too, so I understand that. Was it right? No, it was absolutely wrong, but I know it wasn't their intention. And even the sister that I found out last summer that I never knew I had, who's two years older than me, um, she's only from my father as well. So I'm still the only child from my mother and my father. So the dynamic that created in the relationships in my extended family members and meaning my siblings on both sides of my mother and father's side and my parents and me was that my parents gave very much gave preferential treatment to all of my siblings. Um, my mother's favorite daughter has always been my youngest sibling who is 15 years younger than me. And then um, my other sibling from my mother was eight years younger than, no, I'm sorry, seven years younger than me. And then on my dad's side, um, my brother is seven years younger than me also because he's three months um, younger than my sister on my mom's side. But like I said, he and my dad didn't always get along. And then my my youngest sister on my dad's side is my dad's favorite because she's very obviously my stepmother's favorite, his now ex-wife's favorite. Um, and that was my father's second divorce. My mom has been married four times and divorced. Um, the fourth husband passed away um, from medical issues, but the other three were divorces. And my father has been uh, divorced, married and divorced twice. Um, he, In fact, he refuses to marry his girlfriend, I think partially because of that. And he's had her for a long time. She seems to be a really nice person, um, but my family has always excluded me. And it's partially because of that dynamic, and then it's now partially because of my having turned to God and to the Christ-following and Christian faith, the true believer's faith. But that's all I had to turn to. I mean, I kind of just fell into God's lap, so to speak, because I had no one else. And, you know, um, I know my parents did their best, as we all do. I can't fault them for that. Um, But it was a very toxic, unhealthy environment in both sides growing up. And so a few years ago, um, it says I've pretty much walked away from them all, which I have too. A few years ago, um, I had begun counseling and had been in counseling and therapy for a few years. And I finally let all my family members on both sides know hey, um, for my own mental and emotional health, I need you all to treat me with respect. And I really hope you'll make the right choice. But if you don't, I cannot be around you anymore. And I lost all of my family members for a while. It wasn't that big of a loss for me, honestly. It wasn't that huge of a loss because really the only time they ever paid attention to us, which by us, I mean me and my children, and when I was married, my ex-husband as well, Um, for the most part, the only time they really paid any attention to us was when we, um, had a birthday, like one of the kids' birthdays or at the holidays. And so I grew very resentful of the holidays. I've realized since then, 
I was very resentful of the holidays because they treated us sort of like family on the holidays, but they didn't even bother to ask me if I was alive the rest of the year. Like they, they just didn't care about me, not the way your family members should. And so that's a very toxic, unhealthy, you know, environment for me to grow up in. And honestly, it's still that way. Um, one of my parents texts me occasionally, um, which is nice, but with my siblings, they're constantly there for them. And with me, I'm lucky if I got it, if I get a text once a month (laughs) and my other parent literally only texts me when, when they want something. So it's, so I, I pretty much walked away from them all and, um, it is okay. Well, that that's the next one. This lady's post said a comment said it's lonely. It's hard. I miss them or the idea of them. That is so true. It is so lonely to be without your family. My one of my parents raised me to be loyal to family. You know, that's your family. You stick with your family. You do everything with family. You're blood related. That's your blood. You blah 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 blah. But they don't practice what they preach because they don't even keep in contact with me like they do my siblings. With my siblings, they're not only in contact with them all the time, they're actually a grandparent to their grandchildren. But with my kids, they weren't a grandparent to my grandchildren at all. Like like I said, on birthdays and holidays like Christmas or Thanksgiving. So basically two to three times a year, we would see them or hear from them. And that's pretty much it. And, you know, I got used to that. So I stopped reaching out to them too after a while because I stopped being the one that was going to see if everyone was okay when nobody was ever seeing if I was okay. So it is a lonely road. It is hard. I do miss them or the idea of them, but it's so much more peaceful for the most part. And plus on holidays, they would literally create drama and blame me for it. And some of it was my fault, but most of it had absolutely nothing to do with me. Then this lady says, first, I had to work on validating to myself why I walked away. She says, if I met those people as strangers, would I want to cultivate a relationship with them? I said, no, Um, my family and I were not even in the same class of people. They consider me, quote unquote, beneath them. They don't say it, but you know, you can tell. You can just tell when people think they're better than you are. And my family on both sides, they definitely think they're better than me. Listen, one of my sisters one time called me and chewed me out for creating these podcasts. And you know what? I avoided writing a book for years and I avoided doing this podcast for a long time because I didn't want to hurt any of my family members' feelings. But I was always putting their needs and their feelings above my own. And I decided it was about time I put my feelings first for a change. And not only that, self-care, right? But not only that, but I'm sure that my story can help someone else. And yes, it's slightly therapeutic for me to... Um, talk about these things, but I don't like it, to be honest with you. I don't like that these things are a part of my life. I do not like it. I wish they were not a part of my life. 
I wish that my family and I were close because I am a family-oriented person. Family means a lot to me. And that makes this so much harder, even harder than it would normally be or is nor- normally is. But um, if I met my family as strangers, um, on the one side of my family, we wouldn't even... I don't even know that we would meet as strangers because they are um, very wealthy and well-to-do and they live in a big fancy house and in a nice, gorgeous, beautiful neighborhood. And I'm happy for them. I really am. But that's not me. That's not my kind of lifestyle. I like simple things. To me, simple is elegant, you know? And they also drink a lot. And that's their right. That's their prerogative. That's their privilege. But I don't want to and I don't have to. So I don't think I would ever actually meet them as strangers. But if I did, we we wouldn't click. We wouldn't jive, whatever you want to call it. We wouldn't vibe, whatever phrase you want to give it, whatever you want to call it, because we're so incredibly different. And plus, um, there are different faiths and religions, and I'm very solid in my faith. I wasn't always, but I am now. And a lot of times people hate me without knowing me when they find out that I'm a Christian. Um, so I just wouldn't like fit in with them at all. And I can tell they consider me beneath them. Um, and the other side of my family is extremely emotional and I am nowhere near that emotional. I'm much more logical. Um, so I really don't fit in with either side of the family. Her next question was, do I feel supported by these people? And my answer was not at all. They don't even bother to text or call me even to make sure I'm still alive. Then she asked, do I feel negativity from these people? These people, And my answer was, about me? Yes, absolutely. And only about me. They're all allowed to make all the mistakes they want. They have labeled me kind of as a black sheep. And I believe primarily because I'm a Christian. They say that I'm a drama queen, but that's not the truth. And they labeled me with different labels like that all my life. And I just believed them and accepted their labels for many, many years. And it really affected my self-esteem. Um, but God has since taught me that I am a treasured, cherished daughter of my king, Jesus. I am God's princess and he is my king. And God loves me and I am Christian royalty. Not because of me, but because of what Jesus did for me. He died on the cross for my sins and was resurrected and is alive so that I can live eternally in heaven with him someday. That's how much Jesus loves me and that's how much Jesus loves you. So I am not a black sheep like my family has labeled me, even though they don't say the words. That's the idea. I am not a drama queen like my family tried to say about me. There was so many things that my family said about me over the years. And let me tell you, beloved sisters and brothers, you do not have to accept what people say about you because the truth about you is what God says about you in the Bible. And the Bible says that God loves you. He loves you as far as the east is from the west. 
He loves you unconditionally. And the Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. So even when we make mistakes, especially when we make mistakes, God is there. Just like a loving parent. Those of you who are parents yourselves and have children, you don't stop loving your children because they made a mistake or they made a wrong choice. You still love them and you still support them. They might have to suffer some consequences for their choices or their actions or their mistakes or their errors or whatever it is, but that ne- you never stop loving them. And God is the same way with us. This lady's next question was, do I have any indication that they are wanting or willing to change? And my answer was definitely not. As I said, a few years ago, I gave all of them a chance to treat me with respect. And at that time, not one single family member was willing. I will say that one of my parents has come around a little bit and does treat me with respect now. Um, But like I said, they don't even bother contacting me. This parent contacts me about once a month at the most, which is better than nothing, I must admit. Um, and, And for years, I was the one contacting them. And a couple of my extended family members would tell me things like, well, you never call me. And I finally stood up for myself and said, hey, the phone goes both ways. Her next question was, is it my responsibility to change them? I mean, this is a no brainer. Of course, it's not our responsibility to change anyone else. Only we can work on ourselves and God can help us change. Uh, Is it Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Luke 1.37, nothing is impossible with God. This lady says, yes, they are toxic. I have no one left, at least no family members left. Um, I said the one sister that was healthy passed away several years ago. So she decides to ask herself more questions. Her next question was, do you miss them as they are? And I agreed with her that I think I miss the idea of them and the idea of having a family. I would really like my family to be there for me, but I've learned that they can't be and that they're toxic and they're unhealthy and I still love them. And I was blaming myself for being the toxic one for years. And I've realized it's not me. And it took me years to realize that through much counseling and therapy. Um, the next one says, what do you miss? And I said, ironic. I just said that I miss the idea of them and that idea of having a family. Um, I guess if I'm completely honest and vulnerable, and I'm really ashamed that I feel this way, but I guess what I miss the most is being a part of a family and feeling like I belonged in my family. But I really didn't because I would be there physically with them, but they were treating me like an outcast. Her next question says, does family have to be these people? And my obvious answer is no. My family has become primarily my Christian friends who treat me well and are healthy. Family isn't always blood, beloved brothers and sisters. Family is the people who love you the way Christ wants them to. And how do we love other people? Next question, who else could be my family? I said, my son and my Christian friends are family. This lady says, I also, oh wait, this is my response to her comment. I said, I also have had to learn how to love myself because 
um, I didn't put this in my comment, but growing up with so much emotional and mental abuse and even some physical abuse, it really crashes your self-esteem. It erodes your self-esteem away. It makes you question, am I just a bad person? Am I just unworthy of love? When you're in that unhealthy place, Jesus Christ can redeem that for you. He promises to take away the years the locusts have eaten. And by the way, there was a little, there was a lady trying to debate with me the other day on Facebook about, um, and I didn't have much time, obviously, to debate about whether Jesus is God or not. Let me tell you something. I believe Jesus is God, and here's why. Yes, there's a trinity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're three in one. They're three in one. In one. They're three separate entities in one. In one implies and means that they are one. So if they're one, and, and the scripture doesn't say this, but I'll give you scriptures. But if they're one, that means all three are God, right? Yes. So if there's one, if three are one, then the one, they're all God. So if three are one and one is three, then the three are God. Okay. That that's my philosophy and intelligence coming through and logical rationalization and analysis and analytical skills, but skills, analytical skills, excuse me. I'm getting all excited. Can you tell? <laughs> but there are several scriptures. Genesis 1, 1 tells us that, um, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word word is with a capital W that word represents Jesus in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In other words, Jesus was God that the word word with a capital W refers to Jesus. He's been there since the beginning of time. And if he's been there since the beginning of time, the beginning of time, because in the beginning was the word and the word was God with God and the word was God. So if the word has been with God since the beginning of the time, then the word is God because the only thing or entity that has existed since the beginning of time is God himself. Does that make sense? So it has to be Jesus. So Jesus has to be God. Also, I believe, is it John 5, 8? There's another scripture that talks about that. Romans 10, 9 says, if you believe in your heart, no, sorry. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's literally the only requirement for our salvation. The only thing we have to do is what Romans 10, 9 says. Confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And then we're saved if we just do that. None of this, well, you have to be baptized to be saved. No, you don't. People will say, yes, you do. It says here, no, you don't. That is the only scripture that it says, that is the scripture says that all you have to do, the only thing you have to do is confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that you will be saved. That's it. Now, obviously you want to grow in the Christian walk and become more sanctified, hopefully each day and daily as you grow. But that is the only requirement to be saved. Should you be baptized? Personally, I believe yes because that's an outward symbol of an inward heart change and, and a spiritual change and a loyalty to God and to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit and to the Trinity and to the three as one. But notice, my friends, that it says, I guess I'm getting a little preachy here, so I'm sorry, 
but I, this is the way God's leading me. So I guess I'm not sorry. And hopefully it's helping someone. That's my hope and my prayer and my desire. Um, but I'm trying to follow God in obedience with this. I'm not an evangelist. I'm more of a prophetess. So if it comes across harsh, I don't mean to at all. But I get passionate and excited and I just spit it out. But it says in that verse, if you believe Jesus is Lord, Lord with a capital L, if you believe Jesus is God, Lord God Almighty, it says in many verses, including Malachi 2.16, Lord God Almighty. So if you believe Jesus is Lord, Jesus is God, Lord is God, God is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is God. So um, I have had to learn how to love myself because my family, even though they tried, I believe, they didn't love me how God created them to. I can't. I couldn't trust my family. I still can't trust my family. God reminded me and he taught me because I didn't learn it from growing up. But God taught me that I am his treasured, cherished daughter. I'm a daughter of the king. Cherished. God cherishes me. God cherishes you. God treasures you. The Bible says, scripture says in multiple places that he delights in you. He delights in me. He delights in us. My family definitely does not see me this way, but God does. Jesus does. Your family may not see you this way, but God does. Jesus does. The Holy Spirit does. This lady's post was eye-opening to me, and, and I just wanted to share it with you because it blessed me so much, and I really hope it blesses you too. Again, if you're not safe, please get to a safe place or call the National Center for Domestic Violence hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. And remember, I love you, but more importantly, Jesus loves you more. God bless. Thanks for listening. Till next time.